Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Um, I am finally back in my own seat. I got sort of uh, my seat taken away from me last week, although it was all in good fun. Um, I hope you enjoyed that uh, very interesting and uh, I'd like to say complex episode with Annabelle and Percy last week. Um, they did me a huge favor, though. Um, originally, they had taken over the seat because I had some work priorities that I had to um, see to on Wednesday. Um, thankfully, they actually ended up taking over my seat because my dog ended up getting sick that day. And so I spent the evening in an ER vet, which was not the highlight of my day. But I did tune in and watch a little bit uh, of them live. And uh, it was momentous and um, interesting and, uh, you know, somehow rewarding. So um, still, again, huge thank you to Annabelle and Percy last week for taking over the podcast. But now we are back and we actually won't have any friends this week. Um, except for they are my real friends in person and two people that I am extremely excited to talk to. Um, I'm going to bring them on here in a second. One of them I used to do podcasts with back in the day. Um, huge fan of her, always been a fan of her. She was the other queen to my queen. She was um, my partner. I absolutely adore doing podcasts with her. She now is a big shot. Um, clearly, and is just completely taking control of Charlotte um, in all facets and manners. And I'm so excited to bring her on. Ladies and gentlemen, Jessica Sharman. Hello, my lovely. Oh, I'm blushing. Good job I've got a ring light on because my cheeks are a little <laughs> rosier than they look without the ring light. <laughs> I have missed you so much. We used to have the greatest time doing Queens of the South. Again, if you if you have been on my podcast journey and if you've been on uh, Jess's journey, we used to do a podcast together called Queens of the South where we talked about Atlanta United. We talked about, you know, I let Jess handle most of the tactics and then I got into the some World Cup. Do you not remember yeah, the, the World, World Cup, Cup special? Oh my gosh, yes. Yes. Oh man. Such good times. Such good times. We had, we had some, I think, favorable and memorable conversations. Some of them might have been over wine, but they were fun regardless. Everything is better with wine. That's a fact. Yes. If I could commentate with a bottle of wine in one hand and maybe a glass of champagne in the other, it would be fun. But you know, that sounds like something I definitely want to do. Sign me up if you ever need an assistant. So you you right now are the radio color commentator on WFNZ in Charlotte. Um, and I know we'll get a little bit more into that as we go. But I do want to go ahead and bring on our other guest, who again is another good friend of mine. And I know that you guys sort of know each other in passing. It's a very interesting um, mix up from this episode, because we're definitely going to be talking about Charlotte FC. So I I definitely look forward to getting into that with you. But we're also going to be talking about Soccer on the Streets, which is an organization that you used to work with. So it's a good crossover. But I do want to bring on James here. James uh, Vecchi, correct? That's right. How's it yeah. going? Yeah. Got the last name right. James is the operations and leagues manager at Soccer in the Streets. And it's an incredible organization here in Atlanta. Um, we're going to talk first sort of about Charlotte FC and the budding rivalry, and we're going to get everybody's comments and feelings on what that may or may not be. Uh, and then we'll move into talking about Soccer in the Streets, which I know is an organization that, again, you guys both worked for, but also is just an organization that's near and dear to your hearts. Um, so, James, Charlotte FC, we're, I, clearly I could definitely let Jess lead into this, but oh, I no. do want to ask this question off the bat do we think there will be a rivalry of sorts between these two clubs i i think so i think uh based on just twitter alone there already is one uh but <laughs> so I it's mean, like the twitter know, rivalry game is that what this is it's just like i don't know I, I think it's natural yeah when they're when you're that close to each other i think uh i think it's gonna it'll come naturally but i think um, a few people who've maybe been on the show before, who I won't name, have already helped <laughs> stir that up pretty well from what I've seen. So 
It seems to be if, a healthy one If anybody one so wants far. that reference, that would be Annabelle. Annabelle Look, I Well, let's be honest. I accidentally stirred it up for game one. Accidentally <laughs> stirred it up. <laughs> that is that is true. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you started that conversation and not necessarily <laughs> myself. Um, again, Twitter is such this odd space. And it's actually really interesting because, you know, they just announced that Elon's going on to the board. I know this is like a totally different path, but Elon's going on to the board. And like one of the things that he wants to implement now is an edit button, which I think is sometimes controversial, right? Like sometimes tweets should just sit where they are. And sometimes they should be edited. Like for me, an edit button wouldn't be like, I have dyslexia. So whenever I tweet really fast and then I send something out and I'm like, that totally is spelled correct. And like, there's nothing absolutely wrong with that tweet at all. And then I sit there for three minutes and people have started commenting and I'm like, why did that's not at all what I said? It's so it's like one of those, like that's when an edit, but it would be great. But like for other important things, I think it's, I think it's silly to have that. But on that note, I think Twitter the rivalry between Charlotte and Atlanta has gotten a little tense and heated. There's been a lot of plays. What I think will be the really interesting part though, between this quote unquote rivalry will be what this weekend feels like. And I know that's going to be sort of a big weekend for you, um, Jess, because clearly, you know, you were within Atlanta United for a long time. And of course you still love the club, but you <laughs> now represent Charlotte. Yeah. So I, I think, because if Charlotte FC heard me saying I still love the club, I think I might get fired. So let's say I have a lot of respect for what Atlanta United does. I'm very grateful for the opportunities I had. Without Atlanta United, I wouldn't have been found by Charlotte FC. So I want the success for everybody involved with the club. I think what they've done is an excellent model, you know, and Charlotte FC even openly says they have a lot to learn from Atlanta United in their build. But I, I think you're right. I think Twitter has become a very fun place to be around, you know, like these banters and these rivalries, it's not a bad thing. It's fun. It's fun to be a part of. I mean, look at both Nick Kelly, the, you know, CEO of Tepper Sports and uh, Darren Eels and Trainee McTrainface. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's playing into this rivalry and you can't say that it's not being stirred from both sides with um, what even the club's official Twitters and stuff are doing. So I think the biggest thing will be how competitive this match is on, on the weekend. It's very important for a rivalry that it's a competitive game. And I think that's what really made it more within reach because when we last played each other at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, it was a fun, fun match it was. bar the last it was minute to call, bar the last minute, but fun yeah. for you guys, well, I mean, particularly you guys the last minute. <laughs> you guys died. got your yeah no i i i might have peed my pants a little bit not gonna lie um <laughs> of joy clearly but um which again it, it there's it's a it's a crushing blow right because again like you said that game was enjoyable it was back and forth it, there was a there was a a really long period of time there where it was it, the game could have gone either way and both teams absolutely fought to the dead end it, it ended, obviously, in a way that is not necessarily desirable for Charlotte FC, but you guys also got your first goal in club franchise. With, Which with is a Armour. huge moment. So, it's a yeah. huge moment, and they're going to play those videos for years, you know, forever to come. It's going to be played, and it's going to be exciting for Charlotte FC that it was against Atlanta United. Let's not talk about your defending from set plays, though, because that seems to be a, uh, a, a weak, partially, particularly weak area. <laughs> What, no, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're referring to. <laughs> no goals from set pieces. No goals. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't do that. Those are just those are flukes. Every time it's a fluke. We we are we're incredibly solid defensively when it comes to. Set but I'll say I know no matter what the scoreline is, I will not be at all confident until the 96th minute has passed because when it comes to stoppage time, winners and tiebreakers, that's something that you guys have. Uh, made a mark for yourself since it's I I don't necessarily like that though I mean like you definitely for, for me I mean I feel like you should try and do everything you can do to where at the end of the game it's just to see the game out right it's just to make sure that nothing crazy happens I don't the the fact that we've now become this stoppage time stealing points team like great we're getting the points but like please my anxiety but you're burning calories. You're burning calories watching the game because your heart rate is so high. So then you're burning off your wine. Think about it like that. That's true. That's true. 
thank you, Atlanta, for for clearly helping me burn the calories from a wine that I've very, very much consumed during the games. A wine, beer, you know, whatever, whatever ends up happening, whatever you end up drinking during the game. Now, you know, looking at this this game, this is an important game, I think, for Charlotte. I mean, you guys are ninth in the in the standings. Um, what are you? What is Charlotte looking forward to from this game, and what are you hoping to get out of it? I think one of the biggest things, and it's something that Atlanta United has always done, is turn your home ground into a fortress, quote unquote, right? Uh, nobody wants to go play at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That's a very difficult place to go, whether it be because your side is used to the environment, the turf, and also the incredible fan base. You know, no one wants to go and play when thousands and thousands of Atlanta United fans are letting you know that they hate you quite frankly. And I think that's what Charlotte FC wants to turn Bank of America into. They want to turn it into a place where people look at their schedule and they're like, oh, that's going to be a hard place to travel. So I think the fact this is at home is a really good thing. We've kind of gone, we faced you on your territory. It was a close, close match, like you say. It didn't go the way they planned. Now they're looking for, I wouldn't say revenge, but to, to play a very similar game. It was a close game. It was a battle. It was a fun match to be a part of. It was fairly even, more even than I think anyone predicted. And I think that's what we're looking for on Sunday, to be an even game. Both sides missing some players, which is going to make an impact as well. Obviously, more so on the Atlanta United side, unfortunately. But uh, I think that as long as it's a competitive match and it's fun to play in and hopefully neither team gets any injuries because I don't know how many more players anyone can afford to lose. It's uh, it's been it's really be bad at the beginning it, feels, it just feels like a lot of teams have started coming coming in with these, like, player injuries. And I don't know if that's just from – like, two, 2021, honestly, was a very weird year, right? So it just was coming off of 2020, which we will never speak of again. Um, <laughs> and will always be sort of this inner, interim year that always just felt strange, like – taxing and physically exhausting and just you kind of also want to just forget that it happened and then I feel like we get into 2022 and it's like everyone's trying to think that everything's normal again but players have a lot of physical attrition that went on long-term effects of not playing consistently of not having the same rehab or the same you know fitness training when I was playing in college you did so much stuff as a group of injury prevention that these players missed out on during these times. And I think that when players have a lot of off time, kind of like even when us, right? Like when we play pickup consistently, we feel good when we go out there. When we take six months to a year off, come back in, what do we do? We pull a hamstring. You know, it's one of those things where it, I think it's been a really damaging thing to a lot of players and you, you've lost it. It's like going home for the summer during a college season, coming back and you're, you're more at risk. So Hopefully we're coming to the end of that trend and things are getting back more to normal. But I think it would be silly to not analyze the difference that the last couple of years have made, really. Yeah, yeah. It's been, it's, I think when they go back and they look at it, I think there's going to be a lot more evidence that shows players have, have dealt with and that the amount of injuries has greatly increased from, from years prior. I think just again with the, with the start-stop play, it's hard, it's hard to keep that physical level up. I mean, these people are paid athletes like they are paid to physically work and strain and and build muscle and and losing that for the amount of time that they did is definitely hard james what are you looking forward to out of this match against charlotte this upcoming weekend i would take uh i would take a draw happily (laughs) uh because i just i don't even know what team they're gonna put up you know and i I've it's been true. to pretty much every every game at home here. Like I'm a I'm a diehard Atlanta United fan since day one, but um, I have no idea what the lineup's going to be. I don't even know the extent of our injury roster. I was like trying to look at it today before the show, and I was I was like, wait, he's injured? I didn't even know that because yeah. there's so many other marquee players above him. Um, you know that it's just I have no idea what to expect, um, and I'm pretty worried <laughs> uh i think honest. i think i think we don't need to necessarily get into how bad it is because i don't necessarily i don't want our conversations to be surrounded around you know the the lack of depth that we're going to be going into this game with you know i i think that again charlotte's going to have a lot 
of weight and momentum around this game. I, I think Jess is absolutely, of course, Jess is absolutely right. They're going to want to to keep their house a fortress. They're going to get want to get the three points. And they're also going to want to, you know, be like, a karma's a B-I-T-I. But I want to say, like, I know you have a lot of injuries, but you still have so much quality. You know, you do. You have a lot of quality within that team that can still be damaging. And I think another brilliant thing you have, and it doesn't get enough credit, is that Lanch United too. MLX, MLS Next Pro, formerly USL Championship, has been an amazing thing for Atlanta United. And when I was involved with the twos, it was such a privilege to talk about these players who you knew had something really good going for them. The likes of George Campbell, who I got to call Jackson Conway. And I think that that's where you have that advantage. And when Charlotte FC gets that MLS Next Pro next year, I think that's going to be huge because it's squad depth that you don't even think about until you need mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Caleb well, Wiley. You know, yes. shout out Caleb Wiley. Yes. He's got Gosh. a soccer in the streets connection too, you know. Eat that pizza, He's, James. Eat that yeah, pizza. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that man at all. I just laugh because that's a very weird thing to say. Is, do we wanna do we wanna talk about yeah, that? So his Jessica? so his dad his dad uh is a great player in his own right. Um who uh, owns Oz Pizza over in East Point, and he's ah, he helped us yes. get the pitch out there behind uh, behind East Point. So, uh, you know, Caleb Caleb was instrumental in that, and it's kind of his idea, I guess. So, that's pretty cool. It's a, it's a to, good to location for it. It's like kind of neat. It's yeah. urban, and then I will also say Oz Pizza is some of the best pizza in Atlanta. It's absolutely delicious. I used yeah, to be um, I used to be so lucky that I could walk there from where I used oh. to live. Um, Jess knows that she uh, actually used to come. You're not in that house. I love that house. No, I've I've moved from that house. I'm now um, in, well, now rainy Midtown, um, really close to Piedmont Park. But no, I I unfortunately am I'm no longer within walking distance of Oz, and it is sad. But it is great. We are sacrifices we have to make. We are doing uh, pickup and leagues down there in the spring. So you know, Mm. if anybody's down in East Point, hit me up. Good job doing See, your job. Well, we're, be yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get into the leagues, though. I don't want us to, to ignore the, the league portion sorry, of this, so we'll definitely get to that. No, I, I'm saying we're totally going to get to that. What I do want to sort of hey, talk about. what's on your head? Did you just pull a wig off? Like, I seriously thought no. you just took a wig off. <laughs> no, this is, this is no. my. Um, for those that will be listening to this via podcast, um, I have a uh, headband on because um, I, I go through these hair phases where I'm like, I want to do this. This will be great. Um, like getting bangs. And then I get the bangs and I'm like, this is great. And then a month in, I'm like, I hate this choice. Uh, and now I'm going to grow them out. And so now I'm in the I'm in the space between having bangs and oh, it's so awkward, normal. isn't it? It's so oh. awkward because they're too long down your face, but you can't part them. And the Alice yeah, band you know doesn't work when you're playing soccer. No, it doesn't. You know what we're talking about, James? You feel that? You feel that? Mm-hmm. You, yeah. You deal with sure. bangs all the time. Yeah. I've got. Yeah. Little, little, yeah. Little bit of gel. so long. Gel. I don't know how oh, you're God. holding it now together. Now I'm revealing it's what's in... under my hat. That's why I'm wearing a hat. <laughs> Hats are hats are the perfect way to um, look together, but not be together. Oh, if you that makes have sense. To do the, I the wear hat down. Yeah. The hat down. That's all there is. <laughs> that's all there is. I wear hats so much during work because sometimes I'm like, it looks like I did something. Ta-da! Um, I it's just it's so wonderful. This is completely off topic. Um, Annabelle Annabelle is in the chat. Thank you, Annabelle, for, for coming. He did say, um, I'm going to put this up so you guys can see this. Um, he did ask you to take your shirt off, James, just so you know. Hey. Um, standard Maybe stick around to the end, you know? Thank God stick around James. to the end. Who knows? <laughs> Shout out to Annabelle, um, my, Sunday, my Sunday keeper, you know? Respect. Oh, are you, are you on keeper my weekends? No, he, he's, uh, he's all over the place, as far as I know. He's a, he's a mercenary, so... On He's the, got multiple that's games what on the Sundays. best part about being a goalkeeper is you can pretty much go into any team and they need you oh, all yeah. the time. You're like the most valuable adult pickup player ever. And then a female goalkeeper, when I used to like doing that, oh my God, I was like gold dust. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, this is a you, great honestly, transition. 
yeah, start paying them, you know, start paying the keepers. I got you go. <laughs> Jess, I actually wanted to get into like your, your history and like how you came into doing color commentating and like who you are as a person in case anybody is not aware of who you are and the amazing things that you've done. So clearly um, this is a great segue because you yourself used to be a keeper. Um, originally, you were of the look at me, look at me kicking that little bull. <laughs> I don't know. Can we, let's see if I can go to a full screen of that. There we go. Do you want to show off uh, your room? You, it's right there behind you, right? Oh yeah. Here's my glorious trophy glorious. cabinet from all my uh, yes. all of my leagues. Look, fundraising MVP. Soccer in the streets. What can I say? But yeah, started off <laughs> as a goalkeeper. Um, I'm not even in the picture now. So there's a goalkeeper playing in England, did the whole bend it like Beckham transition to come play college soccer. And I used to play in the women's team and would commentate for the men's team because they needed someone to do it. And when you're an international student, you can only work on campus. So the only way I could make money was doing something on campus. And who wants to work in the uh, tutoring center when you can commentate soccer for money? So did that, got pretty good at it. And then left college and Phil from Soccer in the Streets. I had done a little bit of volunteering, a bit of coaching um, with Soccer in the Streets. Phil was like, hey, actually there's a full-time gig. Do you want it? I was like, uh, absolutely. Uh, took a full-time gig on the fundraising events and kept doing the commentating on the side and kept really driving around across every state and every league that would have me to commentate. And then in January, I guess someone that was meant to do it dropped out. And so Charlotte FC gave me the call and it was a very, 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 very quick, quick turnaround. But I think those are sometimes the most exciting opportunities when they hit you and you don't have time to think about it because there was no option to me but to say yes. So, yeah, fantastic whirlwind. But as James will get into, soccer in the streets near and dear to my heart and can't wait to wear a dress and play a soccer game in. Is it October, James? October that I'll get to wear my ball gown and kick a ball? Yeah, I believe so. Um, Come we'll on, be on the spot with that one, but, but yeah, I, I believe it's October. Lee Woodsmall's not going to be happy with you. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's not in the so chat. This is, this is, this. <laughs> so soccer in the streets, clearly it's, it's, it's an organization that's um, right now solely in Atlanta. I will ask James about, you know, maybe plans for expansion later on, but um, soccer in the streets is an organization that really helps out the youth of Atlanta, particularly about, um, as I put down here, the, their purpose, which is to create young leaders who live in who live enriched lives and cultivate healthy communities. Um, and you know the re the ways that they do this. And and again, I'm taking from their website. And you guys will obviously clearly talk about how how much it means to you and how how you saw them implement this in your day to day lives with them. But they you know provide free access to soccer. They break down transportation barriers. Um, to participate, which is huge. This is obviously a tie into the fact that soccer in the streets, most of, uh, sorry, correct, cor I'm correcting myself, all of their pitches are next to transportation stations of MARTA. So anybody that wants to be able to go play soccer has the ability to take a MARTA to a soccer pitch, which is a huge proponent of breaking down that transportation barrier. They build safe places to play. Um, Again, you have a lot of like youth leagues for this, a lot of kids that come and learn how to play soccer in um, different communities around Atlanta. And they also provide pathways for growth off the field. So let's 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 talk a little bit, Jess, about what you did for soccer in the streets and, and how you interacted with that organization and what that has meant to you. I think I had a really special time at Soccer in the Streets because I got to see it from both ends, right? I was a coach, uh, a mentor, and then I also worked within the actual headquarters of Soccer in the Streets and did a lot of the adult fundraising. I had the coolest job in the world when I think back to it. My job was to go out to bars, go out to sports venues, chat to people, get them to you know sign up for these adult events that would fundraise money. And then I also worked a lot with big corporations. I worked with the likes of Salesforce, the likes of... Uh, Deloitte and I was helping, you know, get those contracts so that they would support and create events for them to see where the money went. But I think my most special treasured memories of soccer in the streets and my time there was my work with the kids in Clarkston. Uh, obviously, Clarkston, a huge immigrant community, which again, coming from an immigrant um, society is really important to me. And we did so much and I bonded with those kids. They did a lot of life skills. We went to camp a couple of times and the most incredible thing you can see with those kids in Clarkston is that 
you can have 22 kids on the pitch and every single one of them can be from a different country. Like half of them can have English very much as their second language. But guess what? When they're kicking around the ball, no one cares. No one matters where they're from. And two of the kids that I stayed in touch with now have college scholarships. So the fact that they've gone from being refugees and coming here to the US to Clarkston to being worried about how they're going to afford to winning a state cup. When I was there, Clarkston, the boys team won a freaking state cup. So not only were they getting free soccer, but they were competitive. And I think that's the hugest thing, right? A lot of the time people think that kids that maybe don't have the resources to afford to play club soccer aren't going to be good enough. No, that's absolute garbage. And honestly, that's one of the reasons I think that soccer has struggled in the US because you're missing a whole population of talented individuals by outpricing them. So absolute incredible charity. I know a lot has developed and changed since I've got there. But again, watch this space because I will be nagging everyone on my social media in the next couple of months to donate to me and I will wear the best ball gown I can find to play a soccer game. <laughs> so it's a good well, point about Clarkston too. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Uh, but no, they, go ahead. The U16s and the U14s won a cup, uh, Peach Cup, last season as well against academy teams. So, you know, they're they're competing and winning against players that have a lot more financial resources than they do. Uh, and I think it's just it's just a testament to, you know, providing access, which is really our biggest part of our mission is providing that access to uh, to soccer and to other resources for these kids that otherwise wouldn't have it. Yeah. All right. Well, I, Jess, I know you've got to go, so I don't want to keep you longer than you need. Got to. a game to play. Hard, hard life. Hard life. Soccer commentator, <laughs> soccer player, you know, dominating where, the where, rec league still. I know. Where can <laughs> they find you? I am at Jess Talks Footy on all social media platforms. And as I say, Atlanta United, still near and dear to my heart, but obviously Charlotte FC is going to take over. And hopefully it's a great result and a great match for everyone on Sunday. Where can they hear your call? Uh, we'll be on the WFNZ app. You can see it online. And also what's really cool is Sirius, uh, XF, Sirius XM's football channel has picked up our call as well. So if you have Sirius XM, you can access that as well. Um, if they're local in Charlotte, what would be the uh, numerical station? <laughs> okay. No, no, don't worry about it. Doesn't worry about it. Doesn't matter. Uh, let me put it on the app. <laughs> find it on the app because wow. I genuinely don't know off the top of my oh it's on WBT this week it's on WBT it's on the news news channel celebrating it's 100 100 hey. year and we are the first ever soccer team to be on their radio station WBT nice well I'm so excited <laughs> and I I am so sorry um I I look forward Odyssey app too thank you John Roper um but you and then evil I will not take my shirt off yes Yes, that's it. not going to happen. I don't want to get this locked off of YouTube. Apparently, you know, gender <laughs> gender disapproval, but James could probably take his show off if I did. We're in trouble. So, so wrong. So wrong. Thank you so much, Jess. And I, I look forward to seeing you uh, in person sometime soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about you, James. Let's talk about how you got started in this organization with soccer in the streets and, and what your pathway to, to this actual organization was. Sure. So, um, it really came, I'm, I'm coming up on a year here at the organization. Uh, and it really started, you know, post COVID. Um, I'd actually been working with them when things started to open up. Um, I guess that was, you know, in the winter over a little over a year ago, um, I was just working with them as a, like a site manager and a referee, um, just because I wanted to get back out around soccer. I'm a, I'm a pretty avid, um, pickup and, and, you know, just soccer player in, in rec leagues. Um, you know, I'm out there pretty much every night in some capacity and, um, you know, I really missed it over COVID. It was, it was, it was probably the biggest thing I missed during that time other than my friends, of course. Um, I mean, we can say probably maybe a little less to friends. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of crossover. There's a lot of crossover. Um, so, so yeah, I, I was just kind of, I saw an email randomly that they were looking for people and they need some help. And I was like, let me just get back out there. Uh, it's something I'd done for some other leagues in town. I'd worked for some other leagues in town for a while. And, you know, with 
with COVID happening that that all disappeared and it was like one week it was there one week it was gone and so um, I was just really ready to get back out there and so you know it was it was like I don't even care about the money I just want to be around soccer and um, you know so that was cool got to know a new group of people through that and you know a couple months into doing that um, got a another message you know in our group chat for all the all the you know staff saying hey we're we're looking for somebody in this position uh leagues and operations management um which is what i did previously uh before covid at the at the other uh, uh organization so you know i was like i think i i think i submitted well my resume you're well qualified yeah <laughs> yeah i think i think i submitted my resume faster than any other i ever have um <laughs> like to the point where I was like, it, you know, not sure there weren't typos from, from the changes I had made. So, you know, um, they, they, you know, gratefully they, they called me back and we actually went through quite a bit of interviews. Um, they were pretty thorough. So, uh, and somehow I still slipped through the cracks and, and got the job. Um, well, gosh, but, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should have somebody reach out to soccer in this. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was the, they need to do the fourth check, you know, and, and I really oh, I skated by. So. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 really great. It's an expanded role from what I was doing at the previously, um, you know. I'm, I'm, so what does an operations and league manager do? Like, what is your day to day? Like, what is what does that look like? on like a Monday through Friday. And then does that implement on the weekend as well? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of one of those jobs that's like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not a nine to five. Um, you know, it's, it's talking a lot with players and recruiting for leagues. Um, that's kind of my primary role is running the adult league side of things. So, um, you know, our organization is really structured around the youth programs, the free youth soccer and providing that access. Uh, and so, we have a lot of people who deal with that and manage that on a day-to-day -day basis, a lot of coaches. And I'm the sole person running our adult side, which we kind of, we use the same fields and, and uh, we raise money through adult play uh, for the, for the youth program. So really, um, you know, when you come out and play with us, you, you can feel good about where that money's going. It's, it's going to help those kids who, you know, when you show up, you show up early, you're going to see them out there practicing. Um, so you can get a, you can get a really good view of where your money's going. Um, what's what's one uh, outside of obviously Clarkson has been a, a huge example that you guys have used of uh, the the benefit of what this type of organization does. What's some other instances that you've seen where soccer in the streets really has benefited the community that it exists in? Yeah, um, there's a lot. I would say the one that comes to mind, top of mind, is um, in the West End. Um, there is a, is a really big project that's been going on for the past year, really since kind of came out of, uh, the COVID time, uh, which is called garden FC. And so there's a community garden there, uh, at the station right next to our fields. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the program over there, while they focus on soccer, they also have time set aside for kids and their parents to come out, learn how to garden, uh, you know, learn about the growth cycle of their food and the different seasons. Um, you know, they're about to do their spring planning for a lot of things right now. So, uh, and then they get to see this food, you know, grow, they get to harvest it and then they'll have a, they'll have, you know, one of the coaches or they'll have a, a you know, a chef come out there and set up a table and cook up the food for the kids and they get to eat what they grew all season. So it's really cool you know, providing this different kind of access. And, and that's, that's one of the ways we do, you know, sort of the social and emotional learning program um, around soccer. So soccer is really the tool, uh, the vessel uh, for providing more opportunities uh, and, and learning experiences for these kids that they, they wouldn't otherwise have. That's incredible. I actually had no idea that soccer in the streets was doing that. That's, that's really kind of neat. Now, if, if parents, so, Let's let's explain a little bit about what soccer in the streets is as far as like what you can see from the surface, right? So these are these are soccer pitches that are next to Marta Station. So if anybody that's listening to this is not necessarily uh, aware of what Marta is in Atlanta, Marta is our transit system, right? It is the, the Metropolitan Atlanta Transportation Railway Authority, I think. Oh my god, it just came up with that on the top of my head. Wow. That's incredible. Um, 
But Marta, Marta is our transportation. It's our railway in Atlanta. And these are soccer pitches. Um, let's talk about like sort of the size and, and the feel of these so people can understand sort of like what it looks like. Yes. So they're uh, typically, a, they're a five-a-side pitch. Um, so sort of a mixture between, um, you know, a smaller-sided uh, football pitch and like a futsal size pitch type of thing. Um, so it has... I would, I would say the style of play, it kind of feels like a little bit of a mix between the two um, where you, you just, you don't get a lot of touches on the ball. It's, it's quick ball movement or, or you, you do get a lot of touches because just the ball's moving around so quickly. And uh, you know, you might, you might think, well, you know, I'm not going to run as much because it's a smaller field, but it's actually the opposite of that. <laughs> you're you're going to be second. moving a lot. Sorry. My, um, my dog just started drinking out of my toilet bowl, so I had to yell at oh, her. I am so well, sorry. You know. That is that was the pause in this. This if, if there's any, I am I am. We've all been welcome there. Welcome to welcome to live podcasting. Um, oh my gosh! So they're they're futsal they're futsal fields, which I've played on. Uh, I've played on these fields. They really do test your ability to. Um, play well with your feet. You really don't have that ability to space out, drag the ball, those sort of things. It's really quick movement. Um, and these fields are turf fields, right? They are. Uh, we use the same turf that, uh, that Atlanta United has in the, uh, in the Mercedes Benz. So um, they're, Atlanta United's a, a, a big partner with us and um, they've, they've really helped kind of make those connections for things like, um, you know, turf and lighting and those kind of things so we've got stadium lighting it's really really professional and you know that's that's important for us is to create these fields that uh these kids will you know it's not just about creating a space it's about creating a high quality uh space that they can actually learn and train in and we can produce you know a future generation of of great players and you know just even people players who are just doing it recreationally when they get older you know it's a it's a great you know, base of sport to build their their life on and to learn different skills. Um, I think, you know, you really see how it impacts these kids in a positive way, um, especially now that, you know, a lot of school budgets are cutting things like gyms and, and you know, recess times and, and sport and those things are really going away. We're trying to step in and provide some of that for these kids. How many fields do you guys currently have? Uh, so right now we have four um, and those are at uh, the Five Point Station downtown, uh, Lindbergh, sort of near Buckhead, just south of Buckhead, West End, uh, which is in the West End, and uh, East Point that we talked about earlier. And then yeah. uh, we are currently constructing one at Kensington Station, which is uh, right on 285 on the east side. So it's on the east. Okay. Yeah, it's All our right. first one on the eastern line. So we'll current we'll we'll have uh, stations on every every line now um, and that one will be done in early May. So we should be launching that with Atlanta United and some of the players coming out there to help us kick it off uh, early May. Awesome. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, after that, we're gonna expand to East Lake. Um, so that's like sort of right between Decatur, East Atlanta, Kirkwood, that area. Um, so that's the both area of those... I'm looking at moving into. So like, I'm super excited about that field because yeah. it's going to be super close. <laughs> yep. A lot of people are. And with Kensington too, we're already, you know, hearing a lot of people. It's a, it's a really diverse community out there. A lot of soccer players, a lot of good soccer players and a lot of kids. We've already started youth programming um, with, with our, our new um, youth coordinator over there. And she's already got like over a hundred kids at one of the schools, Dunair Elementary. She's going to the school and doing the programming before we even have a field built. So we're really getting into these communities and, uh, you know, trying to trying to build this from the ground up um, and so that they can be sustainable and successful for these kids in the future. Yeah. Now, it, clearly this is an organization that was built out of Atlanta. Are there any talks for soccer in the streets to expand to further cities? Um, I've heard a few things. Uh, I, I haven't heard anything official. Um, I know that when I first started, we got a visit from the transportation secretary at East Point. Uh, he came and he was doing a MARTA tour of the city and he made that one of his stops. He actually gave a speech on the field and talked about how, you know, he thought this would be a great program. He wanted to see it nationwide. Uh, I don't know, you know, I have 
I don't know anything about plans around that. That's a little above my pay grade. Um, but that was heartening to hear that, you know, he thought it was such a, he, he thought it was such a great program and was really impressed by it and was like, this is something we need everywhere. Um, and I think it really is kind of a no brainer. Um, you know, if money wasn't an, an issue, then I think every city probably would have them. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the adult leagues, because I know for you, there are some some leagues coming up that we we definitely want to let people know about, because I know that a good majority of the people that listen to this podcast are, you know, adults and uh, may or may not play soccer. So let's talk a little bit about the leagues that are coming up and, and what that looks like for you. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're kind of in a growth period right now with our leagues. Uh, and so we're just looking to get more folks, more teams in. Um, right now we're running uh, we're running leagues on Wednesdays. That's our open league. It's probably our most competitive. Uh, and that's going to start up next week. Uh, we've also got a Thursday co-ed league that is also very competitive, I would say. Um, and that's starting uh, next week as well on the 14th. And then we also have a Sunday social league, which is is pretty new, um, and it's really geared. What is more what does the social in that mean? Why is uh, it a social, Sunday social league? <laughs> social social really to you know it's a nice way of saying um, beginner to intermediate league, uh, which I would place myself in. Um, so <laughs> um, it's it's really you're, it's, you're it's, better than beginner in inner yeah i think you're don't, intermediate don't let's let's go yeah. intermediate let's say intermediate. okay i'll give you that uh, sure but but it's really geared more towards the social aspect so coming out with your friends you know on a sunday you might be hung over i don't know i don't know your life um and you know <laughs> uh, it is a sunday morning it, so there's that exactly exactly and you know it's work it working off whatever you need to work off and uh you know um, getting out there and just kicking the ball around with your friends, maybe scoring some goals that you don't deserve. I know in my case, that's that usually what happens. Um, so, uh, not against so Annabelle, though. Never against Annabelle. Only once. One of the best goalkeepers I've ever played with. I only, I, only once. He remembers. That, so I won't tell him in it to a person to his face, but top left corner, Annabelle. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, so it's it's really it's really I think. You know, I started that league last year because uh, I, I saw there was sort of a a gap in folks that we were um, that we were providing rec soccer to. Really, you know, our our weekday leagues were a little more competitive, um, and so I felt like when people came and, and started playing in those who were sort of more uh, beginners or or just maybe ha they hadn't played in a while, you know, trying to get back out there. Uh, it was a little intimidating. And so this league has been a success in that regard that, you know, it, it's a, it's a more equal level skill and, and people seem to have a good time coming out there. Um, yeah. I, I, so I've, I've played intermediate intermediately on like a Sunday league there, obviously clearly, you've, you know, I've played with you, I've played against you. Mm -hmm. I've played with Annabelle. I've played with a bunch of our friends. Um, it, it is a really nice breath of fresh air because I play co-ed leagues you know, during the week and to play on Sunday where it is a little less, a little less about the scoreline and more about who you're playing with and just playing in general. It's, it's really kind of nice and refreshing. And it is also a great time to air out some needs in the sense of if you have woken up and you feel clogged in any way in the sense of headaches or body sure. aches, you know, it's a great, it's a great time just to come and maybe sweat some of that out. So, I mean, Sunday league, when does that start? Uh, Sunday league is going to be, uh, eight, eight, I'm sorry, uh, May 1st. So it's a little offset. So next beginning of next month. So the two um, big ones are the Wednesday and Thursday leagues, which start next week, correct? Yep. Yep. So still time to sign up. Where can they sign up? Uh, they can go to soccerstreets.org slash play, um, or they can follow us on, uh, we use an app called Open Sports. Uh, they can follow us there, and uh, they can they can see all of our leagues. We also run pickup um, pretty much every day. We don't have leagues. We've got pickup going on. Um, Is so, pickup at all fields or at certain fields? So right now we're running it mostly at Lindbergh, but we are going to be adding in the spring uh, as people get out there and start playing again. Um, you know, Atlantans don't like to come out in the cold as much. So 
Uh, we're going to be adding West End, East Point, uh, Kensington when that opens. Those are all going to have leagues pick up. So we're really kind of trying to, you know, blow it up this year and really get a lot of folks out there. And, and I've already seen the numbers going up a lot for our pickups. So we're, we're going to be, you know, trying to get as many people on the fields as we can every week. Awesome. So again, that was soccerinthestreets.com slash play. Dot org. Yeah. Dot org. So- Soccer in the so- sorry. Org. Soccer streets. Soccer streets.org slash play. Yeah. I've completely butchered uh, this. We're going to do it all one of more time. our soccer streets.org slash play. Yes. And uh, like all of our socials are like at soccer streets, that kind of thing. So if you find us on Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. So yeah, Instagram, there. Twitter, probably Facebook, um, yep. but, but open, open play. Sorry. Open sports. Open sports. Oh my God. Yeah. I am completely ruining this open. It's sports, okay. And that's something that they can find on, um, Android and Apple devices, right? Yes. Okay. So open sports or soccerstreets.org forward slash play. If you want to register for the league. So you've got your Wednesday and your Thursday leagues that are starting up next week. And then you've got your Sunday Social League, which is a league that is great for it being on a Sunday and you needing just to play a little bit. And that will be May 1st. Yep. And maybe they can play against you, right? Yeah. um, Maybe. I I will say if they play against me, the one thing I will continuously say is do not shoot towards my face. I get very angry. It's a a protective thing. I mean, I'm, I'm sure everybody's got one thing where they're like, don't don't try me in this particular area. And that would be my face. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's my whole body. Oh, that's, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good marker. Um, <laughs> so I want to open this up to the, the friend zone as I like to call it. And does anybody have any questions on soccer in the streets or the upcoming Charlotte game? That is this weekend. Um, James, what are you hoping that the, the scoreline is going to be at the end of the game? I know you said tie, but is, are you truly yeah. hoping for a tie? I, I I think I'm I'm hoping for like you know if I wasn't pessimistic a one a one nil win like I think that's realistic, um, but I don't think it's gonna happen. So yeah, I know people won't like to hear that, but you know I just realistically I'm keep you know I'm trying to keep my I'm, I'm trying to keep my uh, expectations low so like maybe they can exceed them, but um, but yeah. Uh, can I can I plug real quick one uh, one yeah. other thing because uh, sure. my coworker will will kill me if I don't. Uh, <laughs> this, this is also really important. It kind of it kind of ties back to what Jess was doing when she was at the organization, um, which is our we have big tournaments uh, throughout the year, and so we have one this weekend. So it's a little too late to kind of promote that. Uh, it's on Saturday. Uh, the that's the um, the uh, League of Nations. Uh, where people kind of pick a pick their their nation, the they nation, represent yeah. that nation, fundraise around that, and then come play a tournament. Um, similarly, though, June 11th, we've got the ATL Champions League, and that's probably our biggest one of the year. Um, regularly raises you know tens of thousands of dollars um, for for our charity, so uh, it's really really important. And we're we're still looking for teams, we're still looking for captains, we're still looking for players. Um, it's a really cool opportunity and you get, you know, a, a day full of games, there's prizes, there's raffles, there's all kinds of stuff. So, uh, we even have like a commentator and a DJ. Um, oh, wow. so, and that's, so, yeah. that happens at Midtown high, right? Normally the, uh, this one's going to be at Silverbacks, Silverbacks. Oh, Park. wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's, we usually have enough, uh, teams where we're running five games at a time throughout the day. Um, and they have enough fields for us to do that. So. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a really big event. It's going to be really fun this year. Um, but yeah, June eleventh. And then when's when's the black tie one? Clearly, that that Jess is. I know she said it was October. Black tie is in October. Yeah, um, I don't remember the exact date right now, but it's a little ways away. That one is uh is is more of a uh, like a fundraiser game where people come and they dress up in their black tie and and you know a lot of guys in dresses. You'll see the British guys love doing that for some reason. Um, <laughs> You know, it's their culture. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 really fun. They let me referee that last year, and uh, I don't know if they'll make that mistake again. I get a lot of <laughs> uh, you never know. I mean, maybe maybe you'll be back by popular demand. 
yeah. where can they uh where can they contribute to these events because again these events are huge fundraising pools and resources for soccer in the streets again soccer in the streets is a uh non-profit organization so they go off of donations and these types of events to help run these these um these again the youth programs that they have like the garden fc and like the the kids soccer coaching programs like a lot of these big events help fund those for the year so where can they help to donate for that so it's the same sort of the same place as soccerstreets.org slash events but you can just go i mean you know right on the top bar there you can see all of our leagues and events and all that stuff and learn more about the programs that we we support that's the best place okay. to go really. so soccerstreets.org is honestly the place you should go yeah. to either it's events it's play it's whatever you need Learn about yep. them. Again, an incredible organization in Atlanta. Um, James, thank you so much for coming on. I am not going to put up the question in here because it's from Annabelle and I'd rather you not have to take your shirt off. It's such a great, it's such a great kit. So I'd rather you not yeah. have to take it off. Do you want to show it off? Cause it's, this again is an elite. i uh, sorry for everybody in the podcast. It's, uh, how did they pronounce it? Is that Ven Venezia, Venezia, I think. Venezia? I think so, yeah. It, that company is the most, incredible kits and they're always sold out every time i see it drop i never make the cost of like being able to buy one so super yeah, jealous it, of your kit i think i got it on the third try when they re-released it so yeah they, they went pretty quick yeah yeah they sure do well thank you again james for joining and again that's soccerstreets.org where you can either do forward slash play or forward slash events or just learn about them in general um any last parting words, James? Uh, yeah, just look for us. We're going to be t doing two stations a year. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're going to be expanding. So it's going to be in your neighborhood in the next couple of years if it's not already. So keep an eye out for us. Awesome. Thank you so much, James. It was great having you. Thank you. Have a good one. And that is going to be it for today. I really hope you enjoyed that. Again, I look forward to seeing everybody's reactions from this upcoming weekend's game against Charlotte FC. I really don't know how that game is going to go. Like James said, it's kind of a, we don't know who's going to be on the field game. So how can you truly predict what it's going to end up being? But regardless, so incredibly glad to have Jess join and James join. They're two incredible people that I enjoy talking to and hanging out with in real life. And they are clearly a great guest for the show. So I'm so thankful that they came on. I have to do the, um, the selfish plug right now. That would be subscribe, like, um, if you're listening to this on podcast, give it a five star review. You never know. Um, answer the quizzes I put on Spotify. If you're on Apple play or Apple podcast, I'm sorry. They don't allow me to do quizzes. Maybe Apple should figure out a way to do that. It's interactive. It's fun. Hang out, whatever. But we do this again every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Be sure to check me out on the socials for when I drop who the next guest is going to be next week. That's at the Kelly Francis on other socials. Again, thank you guys so much for hanging out with me tonight. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm sorry my dog tried to drink my toilet water, but it will not happen again. Have a wonderful night, everybody, and have an incredible upcoming weekend.